Hello, welcome back to another edition of the I Am Always Right Sports Podcast. I am your host, as always, the mouth of Michigan, Rob Mendeika. With me, as always, my co-host, the Merck Zone, Mike Merkel. I'm here. He is here looking dapper, as always, in his new Detroit Lions football hoodie. Looking good, Mike. Um, I've actually had this for like two years. Have you really? And I just never wear it. Why, why would you tell me that now that we're on the air? I thought I was. I thought it'd be funny to tell you later. <laughs> uh, we got let's go over today, Mike. Um, as my voice is cutting out because I was yelling at twelve, thirteen year olds on my football team yesterday. But we're, we're going to make it work. Um, we're going to be talking uh, Tigers end of the year press conference. We're going to be talking um, a little bit of the NBA preseason action once again. Now that we've actually kind of seen a little bit out of it, Pistons played a couple games. We got some. We're going to check in on the college football news. Some big upsets happened there. Um, we're going to also be talking AEW, Raw, SmackDown, WWE Draft, all that good stuff. So we got a loaded show for you guys today. Um, you know, make sure real quick before we kind of get into the show, make sure, guys, you guys go to I'mAlwaysRightPC.com. Go to the Shop AAR page where you can buy the official I'm Always Right Sports Podcast t-shirt as well as use our code ALWAYSRIGHT for 15% off SwiftLifestyles.com products and including the Motor City Blue Raspberry, the official energy drink of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. All right, enough shilling out for, for monies. Let's uh, let's just jump right into it, though, Mike. Um Let's talk college football right off the bat. I think it's probably the biggest news going around today as we as we kind of walk in here. Um, number one, Alabama. There you go down. We're going to have a new number one coming out of this week. Losing to Texas A&M breaks a streak, I think, of like 102 games um, for Alabama against unranked opponents. Jimbo Fisher, the first uh, former Nick Saban assistant coach to beat him, which I think is crazy. Um, get the Belichick effect clearly at some point. Um you know, talk to me about that loss. What does it do for you? Does it does it take you? Do you do you have a new number one in your mind off of that? Um, you know, what is your final four looking like right now because of that? Because you know, Oregon lost last week, right? Penn State lost, so now they're going to be trying to drop another top five. Mm-hmm. You know, how does Michigan somehow become the top five team this week? Somehow, barely beat Nebraska. Talk to me about where you're at with your rankings. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Alabama losing, to be fair. To be fair. I knew you were going to say that. Um, <laughs> my letter Kenny fans. I, I, I had uh, Georgia as my number one team the yeah. last couple weeks. Yeah. I think Georgia, like Georgia's defense has allowed, I think it was like 33 Kirby points Smart. Yep. through like six games so far. For sure. Which is like absolutely insanity to mm-hmm. think about that they play in the SEC and only allowed 33 points in six <laughs> yeah, games. Right. And like three of them against SEC teams in general. Yeah. Yep. So uh, Georgia was my number one team going in. Alabama, it doesn't affect Alabama too much. Just like Penn State losing to Iowa in Iowa doesn't really affect yeah. I- or Penn State. Now Penn too State much. lost a starting quarterback last night too. Well, that that, that affects that, that sucks. That affects yeah. them more yeah. than the Long loss term, itself. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. Sure. Like playing games against Michigan State, Ohio State are going to be a lot harder when yeah. you have this guy who takes false start penalties like it's birthday cake. Um, <laughs> okay. But that needs to be a shirt. <laughs> yeah, I just thought that off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, so my right birthday. now, yeah, I, I have uh, Georgia is my best team in college football. Yep. Uh, following right behind them, I still think it's Alabama. I don't think yeah. you can say it's not Alabama. I mean, they move the ball practically at will if they want to. Yeah. Um, they just had one stop, and Texas A&M had some great plays near the end of the game. But Alabama yeah. basically moves the ball at will, and their defense is still really good. So I'd have Alabama too. I think Iowa, it's hard to be like, oh, Iowa's the third best team in the country, but Iowa maybe maybe the, the argument third, right yeah. now. The, no one can make the argument and say, well, this team's better. You go, how? How yeah. can you say it Iowa's right great running the ball. You know what's weird is their defense, they play just like Seattle did 
in like 2013 with the Legion of Boom, yeah. where they just play cover three mm-hmm. and they just swarm to the ball. Yeah. Like well, that's all they they don't change yeah, their defense. Here's the thing: they don't have uber ridiculous athletes, right? Like yeah. it's a whole bunch. You know what I mean? Like they just don't. It's tight end university out there, right? George Kittle, Hawkinson, both from there. Yeah. They don't have an overly athletic offense, right? They're not. They don't do anything flashy offensively no. either. It's very ground and pound. It's a slow. It's pace. Very big time. Yeah, it's very boring to watch for a lot of people, right? Mm-hmm. And I think this statement win over Penn State. I think is is a huge win for them because this is the game, and I think the win over Iowa State earlier in the year really mm-hmm. helps cement that as well. But I think these these are games that Iowa historically goes in thinking, oh, if they do that, we may be talking about Iowa, and then they lose. Mm-hmm. They didn't lose at this time, so yeah. I, I I think you're right on the money. Saying and then, that and the right nice there. part about Iowa is they play in the Big Ten West, which mm-hmm. is atrocity right yeah, now. Absolutely. So they're they're like so far yeah. ahead. Like I think they pulled Penn State. And like Indiana or something from the mm-hmm. eastern side, mm-hmm. so they don't have to go through Michigan State or Ohio State yep. before the Big Ten title game. Yep. So they just have to play like Wisconsin and yep. Nebraska and Northwestern. Wisconsin. They're going to kill all these teams. Yeah. So I don't even think there's a team that's going to be relatively close to them. No, nope. so it's, it's going to come like, down to the Big Ten title. It's going to come down to Big Ten title game against probably Ohio probably State. Ohio State yeah. unless something drastic happens. But I unless would some, say probably unless Ohio State. somehow Michigan gets there, huh? Michigan can get there. Maybe. No, they're not <laughs> no. going to. Come on. Um, but yeah, and then or the Spartans. And then so they would be my third best team in the country. Followed then shortly after, it's then you get four into, is hard. Four then, is then, really then hard. Then you start getting the debate. I would strongly debate um, Cincinnati. I would agree with you. But I'm, I think I'm glad I, you said th- that. I think Cincinnati's five right below Ohio <laughs> State. And only because Ohio State the last like three weeks have just been dogging the yeah. Big Ten. Yeah, and they Cincinnati's, put sixty six on Maryland. Yeah, yeah, they put sixty six. They put like fifty two on Rutgers. Yeah, like I'm not saying those are great teams by any means, but I mean yeah. when you're if you beat a team by sixty points, yeah, you're that's uh-huh. great. So um, I would put Ohio State probably at four, just above Cincinnati. Yeah, above think since, Oregon, even though Oregon beat them, huh? Yeah, because Oregon has lost a lot. Yeah. Their running backs out for the year now. Yeah. They're. Uh, Thibodeau, Thibodeau right? is yeah. like the miss hit or miss. Yeah. I mean, they just lost a lot of pieces, yeah. and they lost to Stanford. Yeah. So, how would I feel about Stanford? <laughs> Very low. So that would be my top five. Uh, to reiterate, David Shaw is like, hey, yeah, we're going, we're going Georgia, Alabama, Iowa, Ohio State, and Cincinnati. Probably right on the outskirts of that, I'd put like Oklahoma. Yeah, and, I don't. I'm, I'm tired. But of I don't. Oklahoma, I don't dude. think Oklahoma is like, yeah. that good. But like, I'll put because they're undefeated. They're, yeah. they're undefeated, yeah, so sure. you can't say they're not like up there. One of but. the five, you know, one of five teams that. Are, you know, and, and let's talk about that for a second too, right? Because you're going to see a pretty big shift, I think, coming in here for this next release of polls. Because you only have five teams now that are undefeated. Yeah. Right, and two of them are Michigan and Michigan State, which is kind of crazy mm-hmm. when you really think about it. Right, three of them are in the Big Ten alone. Yeah. It's it's. That's that's yeah, pretty. You got three that's, out of the, oh, you said pretty, five, three out of yeah, five. Are in yeah, the that's pretty crazy. nuts. With Cincinnati and Georgia, yeah, yeah right. So that's pretty crazy to think about, you know. And Michigan's on a bye this week, so they're going to go in feeling high and mighty yeah. after beating a but bad yeah, Nebraska I say, team. I was going to say they go in on a bye, then they play home against Northwestern. So right. you can check mark them in to yeah. uh, being undefeated against Michigan State, pretty right. much. Yeah, exactly. uh, Michigan State has a tough game at Indiana. Is that this, who they play this, uh, week? this upcoming week? So we, I can't check mark that as a win, but depends on when Michigan State shows up. And you know what's funny. Not to get not to get too far into that matchup, we'll preview that next week. But um, they both, yeah, they both do the same thing well, which is run the ball, right? Yeah. Like Michigan State, I think has a better big play potential than Michigan does on yeah. the outside. But I think Michigan's defense, yes. is more stout. Like their right. front seven just yeah. kills people. Yeah, right. It's one of those things where I'm very interested to see 
how these two teams match up and go into that. I, I hope I hope Michigan State yeah. beats Indiana, and I hope Michigan beats Northwestern, so we get too. that big matchup here. Yeah, two top probably will be six teams at that point because I think Michigan. Yeah, they're, they're, if, I mean you if, have to at some point. If Michigan I mean, doesn't lose in two weeks and right. stuff shifts, yeah. I think Michigan would have to be at least five, yeah. maybe even four. I don't know how they're ranked higher than Michigan State. I'm not I, saying I, Michigan State should be like I don't know how they're not like. 12, like if, like, say for instance, like 12 and 13 or yeah. like 8 and 9. Like, I don't know how they're not yeah, it's right I, next to each other. I was going to say it's 9 and 11. Right. I don't I think know. This week, yeah. I think the tough part was Michigan came in ranked. No, they didn't. Oh, no, they, they didn't come in ranked. No. But after their Washington, right. they were ranked. Washington, they were ranked like 25 or 24 after Washington. Yeah. And then because Washington was ranked. And then they and, lost, right? Yeah. And yeah. then State didn't become ranked until after Miami. Yeah. So they've always just been like behind. Yeah, one bigger win a hat behind kind of thing. Because yeah. I thought... I, I guess don't even be... think any of those are bigger wins. Like no. My, like if you compare their biggest wins, Miami to Wisconsin are your biggest wins. Yeah. And neither one of those are very impressive, impressive at this point because right, they're right. both like one, two win teams anyway. Sure. So I don't... I think they're, like you said, I think they're as close to even yeah. in terms of strength of schedule that you played as you can... I mean, they played... I think almost exact identical schedules at this point. Yeah, right. Where, yeah, I mean, Michigan State, I think maybe because I thought I had higher expectations going into the season in Northwestern, and maybe that's why I figured that Michigan State should be out. And yeah, but Northwestern, but I think Northwestern's is the worst kind of team fallen. In Big Ten. Yeah, they've really fallen to, to, to crap really fast, which yeah. it's Northwestern, so I'm not necessarily shocked by that. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I know a lot of people are talking about Michigan's big win over Wisconsin, but obviously Wisconsin is not a team that we th- is what we it's thought they we were thought. either, right? Yeah. So it's it's very hard. Yeah, and, and if state here's the thing: if state goes in and plays Indiana and beats them, I'm yeah. gonna be like, but Indiana's not what I thought they were last right. year. Yeah. Like last year, yeah. they were if they beat last year's Indiana team, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, yeah. But this and, year's Indiana team, and that's is the not thing that. too. It's, it's it's a weird dynamic for both of these teams right now. And I know some people are thinking you guys are just hating on them, but like it is hard for me right now to truly gauge what either one of these teams are in a bigger scheme. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you look at it, and I think somebody had up there, like, Michigan's got a 35% chance to make the Final Four right now just based on everything going on. And I go, I guess, but I'm like, you haven't beaten anybody, so it's very hard for me to have any confidence in the Spartans or the Wolverines yeah. and being like, oh, they're definitely one of the top four teams in the country. Yeah. I don't think either one can beat I, Iowa. The, I was going to say, the only the only thing that you could keep that hope alive is yeah. that they're undefeated. Yeah. So, right. you know, the yeah. winner of the Michigan-Michigan State game Yeah, one be, of those, and they're already out. Yeah, the other one's out. The, the one's out because yeah. you can't go in with one loss because Ohio State will beat you with one loss. Yeah. Like, right. if you compare two one-loss teams, you're right. taking Ohio State. Exactly. So then at that point, it's like you have to be undefeated and beat Ohio State yeah. to get – to have a, at least a chance at the right, final four, right, right? So that's the only reason. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think Michigan State or Michigan can beat Ohio State. I don't know if they can beat Penn State. I'm gonna be maybe now because their quarterbacks. I out. think I think Penn State is way more doable. Yeah. with their quarterback out. With their quarterback out, correct? And then I don't think anybody's beat. I don't think they can beat Iowa either. I'm, I'm I, very, I don't either. I'm low key. I, I think Iowa wins watch. the whole Big Ten. I'm very excited to see an Ohio State. Iowa game because it's yes. two completely different philosophies in mm-hmm. every yeah. sense of the one's word. A, one's a high, <laughs> yeah. high, high profile, octane. high yeah. octane spread team. The other one's like we're gonna bore you to death, death. <laughs> See what happens. with good defense. Yeah, for sure. So interesting stuff going around in, in the. I, I would probably agree. I think I'd have Cincinnati for. I really want Cincinnati to make the final four. I just think it'd be interesting. Luke Fickle coaches. Uh. Butt cheeks I think off out there. I, I'm going to keep saying it. So we said it like, yeah. what was it, last year or two years ago? Or like, uh, if there's one time, yep. it's going to be. I truly think this is the one year where if you're going to slide in a non-power yep. five, yep. I think it has to be this year. Well, because, because so, many so many teams w- lost early. Yeah, like Clemson has two losses, so they're out. They're done. Oregon, it's going to be really tough to sell them on it because yep. you lost to Stanford. They have to so basically come out the rest of the year they have to and, and dominate everyone. and win the Pac-12 with like, 
a ferocity where you go, oh, okay, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Um, Ohio State probably will get nudged if to big, get in if they go out as, and destroy. As long as they only have one. Here's the, only pro, the only thing that would happen is if Ohio State had another loss somehow. Yeah, then it's, and then they, it's tough. And, but to... they still win the Big Ten. They somehow back in on their on their end, right? Michigan crumbles. They lose to Ohio State and Penn State or Michigan State loses or whatever, right? Yeah. They back into two wins and they, have to, they upset Iowa in the Big Ten game where you go, oh, we can't put either one of you in now because yeah. – Reasons. Yeah, I think I think yeah. Cincinnati has a really good shot of just if they're undefeated. I think they're going to go undefeated. Yeah, I I think yeah. they will too. I think yeah. if they go undefeated, I think like but, you said, I think yeah. I don't even think Iowa. I think Iowa just needs to destroy Ohio State at that point. Yes, because if you tell me the three teams are Georgia, Alabama, Iowa, because it used to be Oregon, but yeah. now I think yeah. Iowa's in that spot. Yeah, I think then you can go okay. So we're going to compare Cincinnati. Oklahoma so, right. and Oregon. Right, exactly. And which one do you want? Now, which one do you want? You probably want Oklahoma because yeah. you probably get more money that way. Yeah. Which one is the best option? Yeah. Is probably Cincinnati. Yeah, I'm ready to see. I'm ready for the Oklahoma love to stop because this team's garbage. No offense, but like you can't. You're letting up 50 points a game. I don't know what to tell you. Like yeah, it's, it's not. Just, it's, it's not good. It. See, hey. Rattler got benched on Saturday too. Yeah. Like, and the other not... freshman came in and just like yeah. blew the and doors like, off. Oh, Basquetios. So very, very interesting for you Lions fans out there looking at quarterback watch. You Malik, know Willis, Malik Willis, baby. You know it's Malik, Malik Willis. Willis. Yeah, low-key. Yeah. I imported uh, – that, Ram, that Rams uh, second first-round pick, Malik yeah. Willis, baby. Yeah. You know what's funny is I was doing a – I'm doing a rebuild on my in Madden, you know, yeah. and I just let the sim run the first season so, I, like, the draft picks would be fair. I just kind of just set it yeah. out, it settled right. And I took – dude, he's like – Amazing from yeah. that, like you know, Bangle the YouTuber. Mm-hmm. You know, he does that. Matt, he does yeah. create the Madden thing. So I downloaded his thing. He's awesome. Like yeah. he's like <laughs> Malik Willis, just he's, unstoppable. Yeah, and you know, and we're gonna get more into the quarterback stuff. I don't know what they think of Goff. This 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 regime is hard to determine what what they think of him. So mm-hmm. obviously, if they go zero seventeen, then clearly he's not the guy. I guess. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I guess right. So I don't know, but um, let's shift focus a little bit. Let's let's talk a little bit of NFL real fast. We're a quarter way through the season now. Um, I think there are certain teams that we we kind of we they are who we thought they were right you know Tampa I think Buffalo's right there uh, the Rams are playing really really well um, give me one surprise for you Mike good or bad out of, out of the first quarter of the season somebody that you're just going uh, either I didn't expect them to be this good didn't expect them to be this bad player something mm-hmm. you know anything for you that has kind of stuck out compared to go back to your preseason predictions right and kind of yeah. where you thought these teams would be. Um, you know, and, and just kind of go back and go, oh, yeah, we definitely weren't expecting that. Yeah, I think it's unfortunate to say for me, from my oh, personal standing, no. I think Arizona. Yeah. I'm going, like, the flip side because oh, okay. Arizona's yeah, so yeah. good Yeah, right. that, like, I wish they yeah. weren't as good. Yeah. But they are they were just playing at all levels right now, mm-hmm. and I did not – I expect them to be, if not fourth, third place in the division. Right. I thought San Fran might – be fourth if yeah, the injuries just keep injuries on because yeah. they just always have injuries if if you yeah. told me you turn like injuries off or something <laughs> like i would i would tell you that 49ers probably win the division yeah but with like all the injuries they always get every single year for some reason they just yep. can't stay healthy yeah. um arizona just skyrocket i mean we were talking about how good the rams were last week and then they went into la and just said no, 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 no. Yeah. 38 to 13 later. It was just like decimation. Like, oh, over all right. Yeah, and you exactly. went, oh, so maybe. That's and I awkward. said that too. I go, I, you know, like I make the claim. I was like, for the first few weeks of the season, I don't think there's a quarterback playing better than Matthew Stafford. And then all of a sudden, Kyler, Kyler Murray was like four in. touchdown, no picks later. And you go, I, was like, I was like, oh, all right. Well, and, then, and I said that too. I go, watch, here he goes. He's going to get dog walked by the, by the Cardinals and sure as shit, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, Cardinals are definitely the surprise, at least for now. Yeah. I think they'll come <clears> back. 
to Earth. And I think there's a regression to the mean coming. Um, what whether when that happens, I'm not I'm not 100 sure. Um, I think the other one I think that's surprising for me a little bit is the is the Chiefs for me. Um, just the fact that they're not just the Chiefs, I guess? Question mark. You yeah. know, like I think finally we are starting to see people kind of go, all right, what are they really doing? Like, mm-hmm. let's stop being infatuated with the with the nonchalant no lookers and everything else what are they doing how are they beating us and tampa's kind of provided a rough blueprint on how we need to win these games and you're kind of starting to see it now in what you need to do to not stop but just slow it down and manage what they do offensively Listen, Rob. Last year after the super bowl yeah and you asked me you're like all right so if someone re if someone got back to the super bowl who would you be more shocked not coming back and i said the chiefs and you were like the Chiefs. I know. How could you say that? That's shocking. And now you look and you go, "Yeah, maybe the Chiefs won't go back." Here's I want a question for you because, and I've had this conversation a million times with so many people about Stafford when during his time in the Lions. But at what point is it too much for your defense to be such a liability that even somebody like Mahomes, Rogers, you've seen it now time and time again, mm-hmm. right? Where at one point, like what? What do you need if you're a quarterback? Do you need to, do you need a defense to be twentieth overall? Like yeah. what? Like because I think that's part of that's a big problem with Kansas City right now is that their defense is abysmal. Mm-hmm. It is not good. I think you know. I think Seattle was having that problem with Russ too at the same time, where their defense just is not getting off the field. Mm-hmm. And it's always been a big complaint of mine where you go and look at the Lions team and you go, yeah, you know what? They're not winning consistently, but you've also got a bottom five defense every year. And I think that the transitive property immediately goes to the quarterback because it's the most important position on the field. But talk to me about that relationship a little bit because I do think that's something that is showing its ugly head, especially yeah. this year for some of the bigger name quarterbacks. I, I think the, yeah, I think the problem that quarterbacks run into yeah. is you have a bad deal. It's like yeah. – it, get, it I think they get too much credit if they win and too much blame if they lose. Not even that, but I think it's okay. So the defense is doing really bad. Yeah. So then the quarterback, and I think it's the the will that you want to score quickly. Yeah. And I don't understand why. Right. Exactly. And that's it's I like, think that's a yeah. problem that every quarterback runs yep. into. I agree. Is with that. you go down seven and you're like, okay, so the defense sucks today. We can't do anything. Mm-hmm. So. I'm going to try to score quickly and try to get the ball in there when realistically you should just slow the game yeah, let's down have an eight, and nine go, play yeah, drive. have a nine play drive and yeah. let them like realize what yeah. they're doing yeah. wrong so because you watch it, you watch it. I saw it with the Rams this past Thursday against Seattle a couple times. Yep. The chiefs do it all the time where it's like, okay, uh, the Seahawks went down, score three points. Yep. The Rams are like, we have to answer right yeah, now. And three and plays, then, yeah. Exactly. But then Stafford threw that bad interception in the back of the end zone, yep. and he was just forcing something that definitely you should have just thrown yeah. away yeah. into the stands, and you should have just fought another play. Absolutely. But you're forcing things because you're like you're down three, and you think it's like the end of the world because your defense isn't yep. stopping anybody. Mm-hmm. And the Chiefs do that too, where the Chiefs are just like, oh, we we can score well basically, so they score so fast that the defense doesn't have time to go over and yep. go, let me see what I'm doing wrong. So I think it's not even a point of, like, the defense is so bad that, like, the quarterback is, like – the quarterback's affected in a way that's, like, strange because they think that they have to yeah. go 100 miles a minute right. when you go down. But instead, you should, like, reverse that logic and go, even if we go four or five and out, yeah. that's fine. But, like, take some time off the clock. Like, let the defense go sit there and go, okay, maybe you should be in this coverage. And maybe you should play five yards back in time. Like, have time to, like, fix stuff up. Because the first two plays of the offensive drive, the defense trying to rest up. Like, they're just catching their breath, trying to get water. Like, they're not even looking at the play at that point. Yeah, for sure. 
So I think I think that's a big key yeah. to it is Yeah, I think that high explosiveness on your offense I think sometimes can be a detriment when you don't have a lockdown defense, right? Yes. Like we're seeing the Rams defense and, and, and well I'm referencing the Rams specifically just because they just played on Thursday on Thursday night, but where you're definitely seeing them fall back to earth, right? You mm-hmm. lose several pieces on their defense last year, yeah. you know, especially in the secondary for them. That's really hurting them. And so because of that, you're like, okay, you're now I think 26th in, in total yards against right now, and that's really bad, right? They're not getting the – I mean, they got a couple turnovers at the end of that game, but, like, overall you're not getting the pressure that you want. They Seattle was really kind of finding a groove there right before Russ got hurt, mm-hmm. you know. But your offense has been pretty darn good throughout this whole year, right? They've been moving the ball really effectively, um, you know. I, you know, I made the claim last week that no one's been playing better than Stafford. I, I, I mean, I think right now he's playing top five ball, in my opinion. Mm. But um, but because of that, right, when Stafford, as we all know, likes to go deep, he wants to push the ball down the field. So, you know, they have an 89-yard drive in, you know, a minute and a half, and the defense goes, I mean, yeah, we scored, but at the same time, we can't stop them. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Like you gotta, yeah, you got to give the defense. Like, yeah. I, I think that's – the thing that like <clears throat> Stafford's always done that I think yeah. has actually been a detriment is yeah. being able to score so fast yeah. is that it's like give the like go on a ten play drive. Like yeah. go on a twelve play drive. Like you don't need right. to yeah. do this whole twelve play or mm-hmm. you don't need to do this one play eighty nine yard throw yeah. and be like, Oh, that's good, but now the defense got a thirty five second break and now they have to yeah. go stop Dalvin Cook again. Right. They're not going to be able to. Like yeah. they need some time to rest and like figure out what to do against them. Yeah. So I think that's I'm very interested to, to see total defensive stats at the end of the year as we kind of get through this, um, you know, where the top teams are, right? Because I think Tampa's really was affected by the last couple weeks with some of their guys being out as well. Um, You know, Brady's throwing the ball more than he ever has. So you can, you know what I mean? You're just Mm -hmm. really starting to see teams really lean on a couple players be like, hey, (laughs) you got to do it for us because otherwise it's not happening. So it's just an interesting kind of dynamic we're seeing with some of the top teams around the league. Um Real quick, let me check in on the Lions real fast here. They're a quarter way through. They're 0-4. Shocker to nobody. But thoughts on this regime, how it's going so far for you? Um, I'm pretty content with it. I was a little disappointed with how they played against Chicago last week um, overall. But outside of that, I would say it's pretty much going as we kind of all expected, quite frankly. And I think at times you've yeah. seen them play where you go, all right, maybe. Yeah. And then there's other times you go, oh, this is why they're going to be bad. I, I, yeah, I do think uh, Dan Campbell needs to be slightly better at coaching, like game management-wise. I yeah. think he has some trouble in that in that aspect. But hopefully that just gets better through the year. Like he'll just yeah. learn when to do stuff and when not yeah. to and stuff. I think Anthony Lynn's caught offense really pretty good. Yeah. I think there's sometimes I go, I don't know. But some of these fourth and shorts, I'm like, man, you got Jamal Williams who does a really good job of getting those fourth and ones. Why are we not? Just, yeah, why are you just not yeah. like, like even like, if you want to be in shotgun? Yeah, I was gonna say the funny like, thing yeah. is we always like like I was watching Michigan yeah. yesterday and they were in some fourth and ones and I was like, you have Hassan Haskins. Yeah, like why are you give trying to throw? Yeah, just yeah. give him the ball for a yard. Yeah. Like you have like the best offensive line in like football almost, yeah. and you're not giving him the ball. Like same thing for the Lions. I'm like, just run a yard. Like yeah. you don't need to throw an right. out route. Yeah. For a yard, that's a tough throw to make. Yeah. So, yeah, I, um, but I like what Anthony Lynn, for the most part, has been doing with, like, very yeah. limited options, I guess. The defense still looks really bad. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, you I, know, I it's fun. You know, the injury bug, we talked about it off air, but the injury bug has really hit this team. And I'm not going to say it's hit them worse, but I will say that the Lions' depth is worse than other yeah. teams. And I think that's why some of these injuries are looking worse than probably on the surface for others. 
because yeah. it's like, like in comparison, holy right? Like, crap. If, like when Tampa Bay loses a corner, yeah, they're like, all right, we still have you know yeah. Richard Sherman and, and Jamal Dean and, yeah. Jamal Dean yeah. and all these guys. Yeah, when the Lions lose, Okuda, it's like, oh, we got Jerry Jacobs out there. Yeah, exactly. So like, you're, who's you're, Jerry Jacobs? Exactly. Yeah. So like, yeah. your 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 yeah. error level is a lot lower right. when you lose. And when and, and when there. you are when you are in the first year of a rebuild, you tear it down, right? And you also, and this is the other thing too, you're embracing the youth. You know what I mean? They could have went. They could be playing Nikel Roby Coleman right now. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But but they're not. You know they're like, hey, and maybe that's going to change because the, as we've heard from some of the press conferences, where they're kind of say, hey, maybe we need to scale back a little bit, mm-hmm. right? For some of these guys, and maybe a little less reps just until they can kind of find their footing. So maybe we see more of that in the coming weeks, where we see Roby Coleman get promoted, Darrell Worthy playing more, whatever. You know, there's just so many. So many holes on this defense. The whole linebacking core needs help. Safety needs help. Corner needs help. You know, you just the only thing I can say right now that they don't necessarily need quote unquote help on is the D line because you've invested some picks in there recently. But mm-hmm. that defense needs hell of a lot of work. Um, yes. I do want to real quick. I do want to visit this, and this is something off topic, but I just kind of wanted to. So I got into a I got into a conversation with John Whitaker from Pride Detroit on Twitter, right? And he was talking about how. It may have, you know, with the Rams win, you know, that that second first round pick is getting further and further back in the first round, right? Looking back on it now, let even if they win the whatever, right? Do you think that they should have taken Carolina's deal, said screw Stafford and what he wants, send him to Carolina <laughs> and taken the number eight overall last year, knowing that they're not going to take Justin Fields? Because as we found out in the post draft presser, mm-hmm. that. It was Trey Lance or nobody for mm-hmm. the Lions, right? We kind of figured that out. He's like, that was the only guy that we looked at saying that he could potentially be the pick if he's there, you know, outside of Sewell. Mm-hmm. So do you, are you still happy with the, resu- with the with the trade that they made with the Rams to get those two first-rounders, even though it was going to be more than likely in the 20s at, yeah. at bare minimum? Yeah, I mean, I'm still fine with it. Yeah. I mean, I always – like a first-round pick's a first-round pick at that That's point. That's kind of how I'm with it as well. Um, like, here's the thing is, could you have gotten – you, I guess you have to look at the draft and like who was who like you could have gotten you could have uh, got Justin Fields. That was, gonna, that, that was not even Justin Fields. Sewell and Fields back to back. You could have gotten Michael Parsons. Oh yeah, and, for sure. And yeah. now you have a stud linebacker right, who's right, right. the anchor yep, of your defense absolutely. for twelve years. But then you're done. Yeah, but then you're done. Yeah, you don't have any picks next. You just have your pick. Yeah, you have your picks, and then yeah. this year you only have you know your top three pick. Yeah. And so could you? But could you also this year at the 29th pick find? A guy who's just like Michael Parsons, who plays at Alabama or something, maybe. Right. right, right so, right. yeah, right. Uh, I guess, I guess this is more of a question like four years. Yeah. If like all your, if like this draft, yeah. you, you pick like Thibodeau from Oregon, say right. at number two overall, right. and then you pick like Malik Willis, and they both are just studs. You're like, all right, then we won the draft. Right, like, right, we're good. Right, clearly. But if you take some linebacker at 29 or whatever, yeah. and he and sucks, and Jerry you go, Davis, oh, yeah. so at Carolina's pick, we could have picked Michael Parsons. We could have had this all pro, yeah. maybe one of the best linebackers in football. Right. Then it's a bust pick, right? right? So, like, I think it's more of like a down the line four year thing, like yeah. what you do with the I picks. Just, you know, for me, it was always the rationale of now, because, you know, you go by the value chart, right? Yeah. You know, and, the, and each pick is worth a number value, right? And so, yeah, even if they win the Super Bowl, both years the Rams do right. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be worth one of the, but quote unquote the eighth overall pick would have been. But for a rebuilding team, I feel like at this point, if Brad Holmes is good at his job, mm-hmm. which more we need shots to be more shots at the dartboard, correct. And then also theoretically, you're hoping right that say one of those next four picks in the first round are going to be a quarterback. Let's just assume that's going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. These other three picks 
are presumably starters. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You have to get starters out of the first round. And even yeah. if you have high second round, those have to be <laughs> major contributors for your team, right? So my logic is you don't have talent in a lot of spots. You mm-hmm. need a lot of help. So getting multiple, having two years worth of two first-round picks mm-hmm. is ginormous. And having the yeah. luxury to say, we can take the best player available yeah. because we need help. Unless it's the center. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Or left and right tackle. We have the ability to go, I can literally take anybody I want. Yeah, I think um I think if you're if you're a fan of wanting the number eight pick, you just want like the instant gratification. Right, right. I think I think in the long term this this one helps more. Yeah. But I, I like I, I see the value, right? Because if, if they were in on Justin Fields yeah. and they would have taken Fields, you would not have heard me come on the show and then be like, I can't believe they only got that pick. Because if, if Fields turns out to be the second coming of whoever, then great, mm. right? But you know, I'm not gonna say early returns haven't shown that because that's not fair to Justin Fields. But yeah, Chicago's awful. Yeah, they're offensive. not they're not good at all. He's set up for failure there desperately. Yeah. But back to my point though, is that I still think that they made the best deal for them getting mul- – once again, if you had the number eight pick, okay, you have seven, eight, and then, okay, that's it. Mm-hmm. Then then that's it, right? And then you gave away Stafford for a pick, and I think it would have been Teddy Bridgewater. Mm-hmm. I, I think this team would have been a lot worse. Teddy, I know Teddy's playing okay in Denver right now, but you know, I don't, I'm not necessarily saying Teddy Bridgewater's an upgrade over Jared Goff. Plus, mm-hmm. okay, you have that pick. That's great. But now you have no, you, you got no building blocks for the future, and guess what? You're still gonna be this bad, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know. I just I just want to get your opinion on it because yeah. I know I do some think Michael Parsons. I do I do think if you had Michael Parsons, looking back, you'd probably beat Baltimore. Maybe, maybe I think. Yeah, it's a it's a decent chance, right? I mean, maybe honestly, maybe if you would have taken you know if you took a quarterback or something like that, maybe you could have packaged seven and eight up to go get Trey Lance. If that's if that's what, if you, that's know, what you know you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know, right? There's so many uh, variables about it. I just like I just like the thought of you got more shots at it. Yep. You know what I mean? So let's try it out. Um, all right. Let's shift focus here a little bit here. Um, let's talk Tigers. I want to talk Tigers here real fast. End of the year press conference happened a couple weeks ago. AJ Hinch um, and Al Avila, right? You could set, you could you could feel the optimism in the room, right? And you could feel, you know, there's there's already been some rumors that they're connected to Carlos Correa, the shortstop out of Houston, um, as potentially somebody that they're gonna want to probably target. To fill that shortstop spot, um, you know they're they're happy with their starting pitching. They're going to be possibly looking for another starting pitcher to kind of bolster the rotation to kind of help these young guys out. Um, you kind of felt that they liked their outfield room. Um, just you know, overall thoughts on this Tigers season. You could tell that AJ Hinch was like, "I'm not going to set an expectation that we should be competing for a wild card spot next year because I don't know what my team's going to look like," but. I have a feeling the Tigers are going to be really swinging hard at the fences here for yeah. some players to come out here. Now, I, and Alvi has come out and said, "I'm not afraid to give give the big contract," which I guess is good and bad if, depending on who you are. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, where where are you at with this Tigers team going into the you know in the postseason? Um, I think there's a lot of optimism. I think you finally kind of started to see the light at the tunnel. But it's going to want to get your thoughts on on where you think this is, and do you want to see them finally? Like, all right, let's go. Let's go yeah. get some of these guys and let's start to put it together. Yeah, I think um, I, I wouldn't be opposed to, yeah. to start the spending tree. Yeah. Um, I do want to see Tolkosen and Riley Green Yeah. Well, and, and, first. And, and, and to mention that, they did say that, listen, 
is it a shock to anybody to say that at some point they're probably going to be on the big league roster? Yeah. Yeah. Of course they are, right? And that's what they said. But are they going to be opening day starters? I have no idea. I'm mm-hmm. going to give. We're going to give them every chance to be right. Mm-hmm. And they also mentioned too before you, before Lynch finishes that, you know, Alvio's like I am in no interest at all to deplete our farm system for proven talent. Yeah. So it's a little bit of a different philosophy than Dombrowski had, where he goes, "I will trade everybody if that means I can get this guy, this guy, and this, this guy, guy." Right? Guy. I will yeah, trade yeah. them and their mother if I have to. Right? Mm-hmm. So continue your thoughts. Yeah. No, no. No. But yeah. I'm just like I kind of want to see what Togelson and Riley Green bring before we start. You know, yeah. growing around the fence. Um. But I'm not again. I'm not opposed to spending because I yep. think you are in a spot where you have guys like Akil Badu, yeah. and you have Riley Green, yeah. and you have you know uh, Casey Mize as a star pitcher. Like you have pieces around yeah. that you can fill. Like that, and then you have your veteran guys like Grossman and Candelario and stuff yep. that are still yep. there that are going to be helping. And um, who's the catcher? I love him, but I can't remember his name. Rogers. Um, is that the catcher's name that I we have? So. He was hurt last a, lot, a good chunk of last year. Are we no, talking about Eric Haas? Eric Haas, yeah. yeah. He's the man. Rogers started, I, but Haas yeah. kind of filled I, I love I love Eric Haas. Um I think he's such really, a really, random guy to love, but I'm Yeah, he's so he's so cool. But um so I think you have a lot of good young guys there. So I wouldn't again wouldn't be opposed to spending money, but I yeah. think you're still like a year away from competing for a wild card spot. Yeah. To the point where I think you should wait mm-hmm. just to see what you have with everyone and be like, okay, so here's my entire team. Yeah. I think, and Let's I think, add one or two more pieces, but yeah. I, think I think to your point, wait. though, I think that's kind of what the plan is. Just you kind of got to read between the lines a little bit, right? They're kind of they, they were transparent enough about kind of some of the plans, right? But not not a ton, right? Yeah. So it was like, yeah, we're looking at shortstop. We need we need to get better there. We need another. We're gonna look at the starting pitching and see who's available, right? Like we're gonna be watching some of those things. So like some of those things are are interesting, you know, tidbits of information to kind of see what their offseason plan is going to be, right? Mm-hmm. I think they want to see what Torque does. I want to think I think they want to see what Riley Green does. And I think they're going to give them every chance to to make it, right? Yeah. So I think because of that, like Turnbull's going to be coming off injury, you know, there's certain guys that they're going to be counting on later on in, in years, you know, that they need to fill in now. Um the Carlos Correa thing interests me quite a bit. Uh, to really kind of lock down that shortstop position that's easily they're probably their most needed position right now, especially on the infield. Um, you know, you got Candy right now at third. Torkelson probably could fit there as well. Uh, Scope can play second, first, third. He can kind of play everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you have Miggy there too to kind of spot fill outside of being the DH and all that good stuff. So I'm really liking where this Tigers team is at. Mm-hmm. I, and I'm, I, I am encouraged by the fact that I do think – Similar to what um, the Pistons did when Troy Weaver first got here, where you could feel it was a very calculated, like, no, 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 we have a short list of things that we're going to get done, and it's going to happen. You know what I mean? I kind of feel like, um, you know, that Hinch has really kind of brought in a, a new level of optimism for this team. And I think Avila knows, hey, I got to make sure that these, pick, these people that I sign mm-hmm. are going to be legit guys for this yeah. baseball team going forward so just an interesting interesting thought um real quick before we get to wrestling uh to kind of end the show here um nba preseason kind of finally opened up we've seen a little bit of your detroit pistons we've seen some of the other people's technically i guess um any opening thoughts at all as we kind of brace ourselves this upcoming season i know kate has got an ankle so he hasn't played a ton um that second unit for detroit's looked really good so yes. far, uh, uh, Dwayne Casey's like, I'm just going to hodgepodge a starting lineup because I want to see what this 
what the second unit is going to look like. Mm-hmm. Are you surprised at all to see Olenek coming off the bench to start the season? Because that's I kind of feel that like that's what's going to happen. Uh, yes, I am shocked. I, I'm very shocked actually. I, by it. I think I think he'd be a perfect five. Yeah. for what they want to do. Right. Um, I was very is shocked. The projected by that. five supposed to be Stewart then. I'm I'm guessing so. Based because off of I that. don't because I don't love that idea only because I think Olenek gives you. When you start the game and you want to start off hot, yeah. Olin gives you the spread so you can like move around and yeah. everyone can well, shoot and everyone can do stuff. To, to that point, though, I don't know if you've read this, Dwayne Casey says that Isaiah Stewart has the green light to step up from three. Does he have three-point ability, though? Well, he's got the green light. Okay, so, <laughs> okay, so, so this I'm assuming point, they okay. see something. Okay, so if, if, if you're going to tell me Isaiah, yeah. Isaiah Stewart can shoot like 30% from three. Oh, that'd be spectacular. Then I'll say, okay, that's fine. Yeah. Then you can start Isaiah Stewart. I don't think he, I know Kelly O'Link has that ability. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know Isaiah Stewart has that ability. Yeah. Also, Isaiah Kelly O'Link's just like taller. He's just like more built. Oh, yeah. And, and but I don't know necessarily if this is something where they're like, it's one of those things where like he's the starter. But Olenek gets more minutes. Yeah, maybe, the or minute dive is kind of weird, yeah. right? Like maybe he's really trying to backload that second unit. So like they, that they did, a, more I was gonna say, they did a lot of that with uh, Marcus on the Lakers, where he started for like four minutes right. and then would only play four minutes Ex- in the first half. Exactly. Like and they now, could do that yeah, a lot with yeah. Stewart or whatever. Yeah. Um. But like I said, I think Stewart would just be a nice like off the bench. Like all right, here we go. Like mm-hmm. not not like a pump up man. That's kind of a weird way to say it. But like give you like hype and like give you energy well, off he, the bench. Well, here's the thing. He's all effort. Defense. He's max yeah. effort all the time. Exactly. Right? That's exactly what and, he is. And when you're going against a second unit where you can just destroy the yeah. second unit bigs yeah. with your effort, I think yeah. it works a lot better. And Kelly and like would help in that starting I'm wondering, unit. Yeah, I'm wondering if it's one off. of those things where they start off with like, hey, listen, we're going to give these young guys as much time possible to gel together. Yeah, and maybe. then it like... I have a feeling he's going to have a whole different rotation for, like, the last six minutes of a basketball game. Like, Maybe. you know what I mean? Where it's like, okay, let's get Olenek out here. Let's get Grant. We're going to get Cade. We're going to have Killian. And we're going to have, you know, uh, Shadik, I'm sure, right? Yeah. Like, let's get our five best players to close it out yeah. rather than – like. I, I, I liken it kind of to just – now, Grant, we have a very small sample size, right? But I liken it almost to – um. Like what we were talking about with the Nets, where it's like, okay, if Durant and Harden need to sit, then we have to put Kyrie with the second unit, mm-hmm. right? Where, okay, if we're going to put two of our best playmakers, Shadiq, or, or even like Jeremy Grant and Cade, right? Let's just say those are our two best offensive efficiency guys. Then it's like, okay, we need to sit those. So we need Olenek out there to kind of fill that gap a little bit, yeah. right? With a little bit more star power than Isaiah Stewart is bringing offensively yeah. to a team. Maybe, I don't know. I'm just trying to kind of read between, I, I mean, wish we could ask him, just like, so what's the deal, right? Yeah. But he really likes that second unit together. Maybe he's trying to avoid the dramatic drop-off, maybe? Yeah. With like is the he, first and second yeah, I was going to say either that or, I mean, to be honest, in a year or two, your starting lineup will probably be Killian Cage, Shadiq, Jeremy, Isaiah Stewart. Right, exactly. So, so like, might, as well, do it now. might as well just do it now. Right, yeah. Let them gel together. Yeah. And then Olenek is a guy off the bench who is yeah. like, okay, no one's scoring. Who plays valuable minutes yeah, for you. Yeah, Olenek can just come in, get four points, and go, yeah. okay, now we can get the offense going yeah. again. So maybe that's more of it. I think I think that's, I guess, if you want to make an argument, I still think Olenek should start. I do But too. if you make the argument that Isaiah Stewart starts, he comes off the bench, I think if you have a cold stretch of like three minutes, 
Olenek could come off the bench better than Isaiah Stewart could come off the bench. I think bench that's kind of where out. it's at, where it's like, oh, okay, hold on. Let's let's regroup. Let's, let's get him in Yeah, here. you call the timeout right. yeah. after an 8-0 run. Yeah. You pull Olenek yeah. in. Okay, now Olenek's going to go to the basket, get four points, yeah. and now your offense can And he showed, right, and he kind of mentioned that in his, in his press or two, where he's like, listen, they didn't ask me to do that when I was in Miami. In, in Houston, they asked me to have more ball control. So mm-hmm. it's just what I had yeah. to do for the team. So I'm, I'm just interested to see the role. And we're talking about Olenek specifically because – He's the, I guess, the shiny new free agent that they signed. He's the guy they clearly targeted mm-hmm. to bring in and do it. So I'm interested to see kind of the rotation. Um, I have never been this excited in a long time for a Pistons season, though. I'm, I'm very excited. I, 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 if they could come out and they start at like 3-0, and that'd be spectacular. Yeah. Just, just, just to give know, a little bit, be like, but, all right, you know, like hopefully Kate can get back into some rhythm. Clearly they're not going to rush him back. Yeah. At all, for obvious reasons. I'm also interested to see what, you know, the Isaiah Livers and the Luka Garza's of the yeah. world and how much minutes they get early It was on. funny. I watched, I watched Luka Garza, like, warm up the yeah. other day in the preseason. There's yeah. a video of it. And instead of, like, at the layup line, he was doing, like, fundamental, like, post work. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that is so weird to see. Mm-hmm. Instead of guys just, like, doing dunks and layup lines and stuff, yeah. he was, like, in the middle of the court, like, taking the post and working on his post footwork. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I guess that's nice to see I, that you know other what? than... It's, it is the Troy Weaver model, right? Hardworking yeah. guy, like, it feels like It feels defense. like feels like Beeline Michigan teams. It, where, like... Yes, that is such a great point. Where, yes. like, instead of, like, all right, we're just going to... We just have the best players. It's like, these players aren't the best, but we no. can, like, fundamentally yeah. make them right. really, we're really good. Grow and they want to work, and they want to get and better. They wanna, and yeah. they want to, like, they want to have the urge together to yeah. be the best team. Yeah, it's... I'm excited, man. I'm yeah. sorry. It's 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 a fun time to be a Pistons yeah. fan, you know. For as much as much flack as they've gotten over the last few years with the Stan Van years and the the end of the the Dumars years, this is mm-hmm. we're coming back and it's yeah. it's exciting. All right, let's just focus here. Let's go to the square circle. Uh, WWE draft it was a draft. It yeah. happened. It was a thing. Um, I'm not even going to ask you who won the draft because I, who, I couldn't even name you who's on. Who cares? But honestly, part. who cares? I do want to say this, though. Numbers were up. Ratings were yes. up for them, right? Do you think that it was effective for WWE? And do you think – because rosters aren't supposed to take effect, I think, until the 22nd of October yeah, or something after, stupid. It's after Crown Jewel. Yeah, right. And we'll talk about that at a later date. But um, yeah. <laughs> you're like, wait, next do week. we have to cover it today? I was, like, <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I think that's next week. As you can see, there's a lot of preparation going on here. Um, but, you know – Draft happens, spikes some ratings. You get some magic. You get some. You get some crossover, right? Is this at the end of the day though? With this draft, doesn't it just kind of fuel the fire that maybe one roster would help? One roster overall? would be so much better. Yeah. And okay, here's you know why you know why I think one roster is better yeah. actually. Yeah. Is I think and maybe it's just now this is just purely me. Yeah. This is I can't this speak is, for this is Mike else. Merkel this is coming Mike out. Merkel, yeah. Is I think that when I was a kid watching it. And it was like, okay, you can only watch SmackDown, say. because, And you probably have this yep. exact same thing. I know exactly is, what you're talking about. Is, yep. You can only watch SmackDown. Because my bedtime is 9, 30, 10 o'clock, and Raw doesn't end till 11, 11. So I'm not so going to see anything that I want to see until the end anyway. Yeah, exactly. So yep. you don't really watch Raw. You only yep. really watch SmackDown. SmackDown. Yep. And so at that point, you're like, okay, I want all of my favorite yep. people. Are, I am I'm, committed I'm, to the SmackDown storylines. I'm, invest- yep. I'm invested in SmackDown, <laughs> so I want SmackDown to be good or whatever. Yep. I think now you're at the point where it's like, I don't care because I can watch both shows whenever. That it's like, I just want all the best people on both shows. I know. It's so funny you say that because I can distinctly be in like, all right, my parents let me stay up when I was, you know, 10 yeah. till 10 o'clock on on Thursday or Friday. Or, yeah. or, or I mean, if it was on, then it was it was on Thursday. Friday, it didn't matter. Yeah, but, but Thursday, on Thursday yeah. it was like, 
I can stay up till 10 to watch the end of SmackDown. So I got to see the main event. I got to see them yeah. pay off what they set up in the beginning. Or Raw, it was like, well, you're going to bed at 10 or 9.30. Okay, I got to see. And at one point, Raw was at 9. Yeah. So I got it was to 9 see to 11 or whatever. So half hour, yeah. maybe, of Raw. So yeah. you're like, I have... Yeah, like no when I was kid, I was like when like Jeff Hardy and Rey Mysterio yeah. are on SmackDown. You're like, you're oh, like, this, oh this is awesome. And then yeah. like when Rey Mysterio goes to Raw, you're like, God dang, yeah, like, yeah, my yeah, guys. yeah exactly. And I can't watch him as much anymore because yeah. I'm Raw. So I, I literally, to me, yeah, it's I, very like, much childhood it's, rooted. It's, it's childhood rooting of yeah. the fact that like I don't care about the draft because I can just yeah. watch. Like if I want to watch Roman Reigns, yeah, I'll watch him wherever right show he's on Raw, right. SmackDown, exactly. wherever he goes, I'll watch that show. You know what I mean? And I will watch that show. Yeah, but or if you're like, oh, I love. Jeff Hardy, yep. it's like, if he's on Raw, I'll watch him on Raw. If he's yep. on SmackDown, it doesn't matter. So that's why I think one brand works for me personally now. Yep. Yep. I can't speak to literally anyone else on that. Yep. But to me, that's why I'm like, I wish you would just go to one because the shows would be better. Mm-hmm. And I can just watch Do, now, any show I want. I have two questions for you. First thing is about King of the Ring, and then second thing is about ratings. Okay. Um, the first thing, King of the Ring, we're going to talk about it more on death next week. Fan of the tournament? Or not a fan of just straight up yes or no. Um, I'm always I, a fan of tournaments, so yes. Okay, me too. Okay, that. I just want to say only that. because I think it just. I want to talk you... about King of the Ring more result oriented and what they're going to do next week as we kind of see yeah. more matches happen. But I'll, I it just talk about it's that. just such an easy way to go. All right, here's four matches that mean something. Exactly correct. Okay, second thing uh, I want to talk about. So we talked a few weeks ago, probably it's almost over a month now, where um, you know AEW Dynamite I think did a better number than Raw. You know, and that was the first time it's ever happened, right? Yes. For Dynamite in the two years, yeah, whatever. Like it was like the Brian one. Yeah, whatever, right, whatever. Yeah. So, but there has been a clear gear shift on Raw especially. SmackDown, I think, has still been the best show week in, week out. I think you can segment by segment it, whatever you want. But I think SmackDown's been pretty consistent over WWE-wise? the last... WWE-wise? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, I yes. think SmackDown... I mean, I would say SmackDown... Week to week, I think rivals Dynamite, depending on which week you're looking at. Yeah, right? no, I would yeah. agree with that. But not, I think, not I think every, Dynamite's not, generally better. Not every but week, yes. but you know what I mean. So, but there has been a clear shift in WWE programming where they've really taken it up a notch, and I think you've started to see that, especially on the Raw side, like mm-hmm. the last few weeks, even with the with Roman coming over and like that. But Raw has been better. I'm not saying it's been great, but it's been much better over they're, the last few. Yeah, it looks like they're trying. You can see that there's an act of like, all right, like let's strap in and let's go. Do you think that is a direct manifestation of, okay, they want to, Dynamites or AEW is really starting to throw some bows over here. Now it's our turn to kind of really start stepping up our game. Or do you think this is more of just WWE going, all right, well, USA is not thrilled because we're putting all the best stars on Fox. <laughs> and so we got to do whatever we can to make Raw a compelling show still mm. and less about what AEW is doing. Like, do you th- do you feel a war actively brewing? Yeah. Because, and because with now SmackDown going to the supersized SmackDown just this next week, you get 10 to 10.30, you get that extra half hour, commercial free, cutting into Rampage's time. Tony Khan's already saying, I can't wait to beat you with your best show. Blah, 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 blah. Do you feel on the WWE side that there is a war actively brewing? Or do you think that they're still like, they're the alternative? They're always just going to be the alternative, I, not direct competition. I, th- I think that WWE in the back, they'll never admit. Yeah. I think in the back of my I think in the back of my, their mind, WWE believes it's like a true war. Yeah. I don't think AEW thinks of it like that well, in you know the same weird? sense. I don't know because with when Khan makes comments like See, that well, that's on Twitter. See, that's the thing. Is Khan says stuff like yeah. that. But then in the back, I'm like, 
but like they don't they don't try to okay we're gonna move a show or we're gonna move well, extra time well you or know what's weird though stuff. is that too though it's like you know jericho claims to be the demo god and all these things and they and they claim all these ratings but then the same note you see cody going we're, we're the alternative we're, yeah. we're just different we're, we're another thing if yeah we're like just special wrestling we're yeah. the other company yeah we're like the want. wrestling company yeah, exactly. and they're the entertainment and, and it's, you know, and so company. I, i'm getting like these mixed messages from both sides because yeah. i'm like i don't know are, are you guys competing you're gonna have to be at some point you're the same business yeah. at, at the at the heart of it right yeah. so it's just an interesting dynamic for me where it's like WWE has clearly stepped up their game. They're trying. And they've shown. I mean, I mean they just put the knife in NXT to try to do it, but they're trying. Cause NXT well, yeah, is- but I think they're I think they're trying to create new stars at the end of the day. I think yeah. that's what they're trying to do, right? And I, you know, whether it's successful or not, we're going to see. I think mm-hmm. so far it's gotten off to a pretty darn good start, if I would say so myself. I'm... I wouldn't say NXT. I wouldn't say NXT 2.0 has been better than the old NXT, but I wouldn't say the old NXT was over the last year has been better. What what did no. they do last last year on USA? That's ever since they broke up the era, yeah, and they started tearing it down. And I'm like, yeah. eh. honestly, ever since they went to USA, it's yeah, it's been, been not good. It's it has not been good. I would agree with you, right? So that's what I'm saying. So like, if you're gonna give us new product. Give us a new try, product, yeah, right? Try, try, try. Give me, give me new stars. Don't um, give me the same retreads. But yeah, I, I think they both. I think they like want to admit that it's not a war, but I think they both know it's a war. It's yeah, but it's, like it's yeah. not like a actual like it's weird because it's not actual because they're not both on the same night no. outside of Friday, yeah, but like right. they're on they precede each other. It's so right, weird, exactly. But like, yeah. so they're just like it's like a war that's not a war that they want to make it that people want yeah, to make it they want war. it they want it to be so bad they right? want it to be wcw wwe like yeah monday Back night in, wars right. is what they want it to be but realistically i don't think it well if we're going that route then both would get killed by either company because wcw and wwe back in the day were doing much better than yeah. either one is doing now by a large yeah. margin but also bad wcw 1999 was was pulling like 2.5 ratings yeah. Dynamite, nor Raw, nor SmackDown, nor anybody have pulled a high yeah. number like also, that. Also, just years. ratings are just down. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. All across that's, the board. Yeah, I know so that's like, what I'm saying. Yeah, if you like, took that, like, if they were doing yeah. that, like now, like today, the ratings that's would be bad, 2.5. That's bad. WCW back in the day, like in '96, '97, they were doing like eights. Yeah. It's crazy how mu- how well wrestling as a whole was doing. Yeah, in wrestling the is not as popular anymore. Exactly. That's why. I agree. But. It's a different product. It's a different. It's a different industry now, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know. I mean, WWE is a publicly traded company. You, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, you can own stock in WWE now. Mm-hmm. Nobody would have ever thought about that in 97. You know? That's, yeah. that's, that's freaking insane. So, just want to get your thoughts on that because it is an interesting kind of, you know, yeah. dynamic. Um, speaking of AEW, though, real quick, um, let's just hit on two things. First off, TBS Championships, officially a thing. Right? Officially so, that's thing. that's good. Um, any... Any flack at all? The fact that it looks exactly like the TNT Championship, and everybody gave WWE so much crap about it. I don't care. Yeah, okay. Just wanted to get your opinion. I literally on that. could care less. Yeah, just wanted to get your opinion on that. As long as I, they give it to like good women and you have good matches, yeah. I literally could yeah. care less. I'm just calling it now. Jade Cargill is going to win the tournament, but it's Pro- like, probably. Yeah. But and then I, Ruby Soho will fight her, yeah. and it'll be like some wild thing. But like, yeah. whatever. Anyway, um, second thing though, that ladder match, Adam Page is, I guess, back. Sure. Yeah, uh, he's back. Wins the wins the things. wins the 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 big poker chip dealy. Um, wins the money in the bank ladder match. That's not called money in the bank ladder match. <laughs> With different rules. Also, wait, wait. So I didn't actually watch it. I get confused on the rules. So like, if you're the first two, yes, you can win the match. You can just win the match. Yeah, correct. 
Okay. Yes. Yeah. I, I, did the, I did the exact same. You, we're not recording this video, but Mike just did the biggest eye roll ever, and I agree with that. Yes. I'm just waiting for the one time when... Yeah, and this Jeff's going to be in it, and he's just going to win it in two seconds. No, no. Yeah. This is like what... I always say this is what WWE do, mm-hmm. but this is how they would get out of it, because they've done it before. But like they would start off with like the Lucha Bros, and they just go, Phoenix, go up and get it. And then he would just let Phoenix walk up and grab it, and the match would be like 35 seconds long. Yeah. Because right. they did that with like the the outlaws where they just pinned each other in that four way tag that one time, and yeah. I went, yeah, I guess it's a roll. Yeah, it right. shouldn't be a roll, but I guess it's a roll. Like, anyway, K. <laughs> but anyway, okay, back yeah. to the back to back yeah. to Hangman. So okay, Hangman cool. Hangman comes back. Um, was a pretty star studded event. I mean, there's a lot of there was all main event talent in that match for the most pretty part. Much, yeah. Um, you know, I thought the ladder match was solid. They only gave it like 15 minutes, which I thought was like we didn't really give it enough time to. To be a good yeah, match, to be like, like, to like really get him going, right? Uh-huh. So for what it was, TV match, six way. I'm, I'm not going to complain. Thoughts on him winning it though? Were you surprised that it was him and not an actual debut? They kind of teased it like it was going to be a a debut of uh, like a new debut of yeah. a star, right? We nah. kind of talked off air. We thought it'd be Buddy Murphy. Mm-hmm. Um, that wasn't I'm, the case. I'm cool that it was Hangman. I think yeah. I think it's like a little easy way, but I think they're kind of running out of time to. Pull get, that trigger. get him in there or yeah. do whatever they want to do. Like mm-hmm. I think they just want to have that in their back pocket to do whatever they want. Do you think? Do you think Kenny's? To your point, do you think Kenny's run as champion is kind of like all right? Like we're kind of we're ready. For, I, to, I think to we're transition. I think we're pretty much at that yeah. point. I don't think there's yeah. much left you can do. Right, and That's I kind of where I'm at. With and it I think as well. he can do a lot in other realms mm-hmm. of of AEW. Yeah. Like he can go into tag again. He could go into singles i guess and do things he could go he could be the first trios with the young yeah, bucks if they right, wanted to like right. there was like five or six he could just go with brian and do like 15 matches with brian and mm-hmm. who would complain i know i wouldn't nope. um, oh, somebody would we just did this match shut up yeah. stop it stop it stop, stop it right it. now <laughs> so but dumb. there's so much that he could do yeah. i think hangman kind of needs it and it would be a lot of fun to have a nice run with he, it. He really needs it. I'm well, because like if he if like if he didn't win this, like he doesn't have anything to do. No. Kenny has like twelve things I could just say right now that he could do. And What's weird is when when Hangman wins, I feel like he's not going to hold it for very long. I don't know why I have this like thought in my mind where I feel like it's going to be one of those things where like Sting wins it and then he immediately drops it like a month later. I go, what the hell just happened? No, no, it's not going to be that fast, I don't think. But I'm like, I don't know. I'm worried about that for some reason. But I'm interested to see how it kind of plays out. Real quick, world title tournament um, coming in as well. Do you like the fact that AEW is kind of lining up Challengers, future already, challengers, basically. even though the, the, the actual status of the championship is a little bit kind of – because you know Kenny's – we're in agreement that it's kind of at the end, right? Yeah. We're, we're just kind of biding our time before mm-hmm. whoever we've decided is going to be the next guy. So do you like the fact that they're building just like ready without a, really a storyline? It's just, oh, I won a tournament, so that's why I have a title shot. I won a ladder match, so that's why I have a title shot. Rather than the build of an actual like legit no, story. One thing that AEW does pretty well is they give people these like random opportunities on like mm-hmm. that, like the eliminator thing. They'll give that person a title shot at like in the, in December sometime yeah. before they're, but they do a really good job of like behind the scenes, yeah. building up someone like yeah. hangman this entire time as Kenny's been champion yeah. has just been building and building and building, getting right. ready for this match. Right. So like whoever they decide to be the next guy to take the title off hangman Mm -hmm. whether it's like an mjf whether it's a yeah as a heel or whoever you literally pac anyone you want as a heel or whatever to take it off him they're gonna build him for like 
six months yeah. and really get behind him while the title reign is happening and then they like meet yeah and uh yeah see i don't have a video right now but i'm doing this cool like <laughs> oh, circle, circle thing, thing. <laughs> like the heels down here and the face with the championships up here and they'll yeah. collide oh good lord and they're matching yeah or something but yeah yeah, I'm I'm really interested to see what they do. I'm interested. I'm interested to see what the full gear card is going to look like. There's so many. We talked. It's funny that, we talked like, 45 minutes before the show even started about the possibilities of what the, they can do. The funny thing is, like WWE announces their cards like six days before, mm-hmm. and AEW kind of does the same. Mm-hmm. But AEW just like announces like the greatest like seven match card in like. Six I, minutes I will say this though, insane. in defense of WWE, this in particular, we're going to talk about Crown Jewel later on. But um, so far, what Crown Jewel is setting up to be. Could be a freaking awesome show if they allow it to be. It could be. Yeah. You know what's awesome? Yeah. You know what I'm really happy about? You know what I'm really, really happy about? I'll okay. give WWE some praise right oh now. Oh boy. Is they actually decided, hey, remember what Hell in a Cell used to be? You know, the blow off of a big feud? Yeah. How about we put Edge and Rollins in there? Yeah. Instead right. of just at Hell in a Cell pay per view, yeah. we just have it for like in the middle of, yeah. the, middle of the year for like a, a car yeah. that needs it or yeah. wants it. Mm hmm. That's yeah, cool. I, yeah. I kind of like that kind of stuff. I dig it. I dig it for sure. Like, listen, I'm not, I don't want to preview the whole card, but go and look on WWE.com and look what Crown Jewel card looks like right now. Yeah. It's, it's not it's pretty, 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 pretty tough to beat, right? I mean, take the Goldberg match off of it because, you know, it's claw up my eyes. But Goldberg outside, and Lashley. We could take that off. How do you go with that? <laughs> hey, you know what it is, though? But it's, it's not, not for the title. title. High five. We just high five, baby. <laughs> I hope you guys got that because we were in the movie theater a couple weeks ago and watched the SummerSlam going. I swear to God, this is awful. If, if Bill Goldberg wins the world title here, I'm going to lose my mind. So, outside of that, though, but anyway, we'll talk about that in another week. But that's going to be it for this week's show, guys. I uh, really appreciate the support. Please make sure you like, subscribe, and do all that good stuff uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're on Verbal now. We claimed our station that went through, so there's that. Follow us on Facebook. Uh, I'm always right is our Facebook page. Go to our website, fill out the contact information to join our membership club uh, on the website. Just go in, fill out the contact information out there. If you want to suggest a topic we talk about, a team, a person, something like that, we would love the feedback. So really appreciate all the support. But that's going to be it for the Missing Whale Man. He's the Merc Zone, Mike Merkel. I'm the Mouth of Michigan, Rob Medeka, and we will see you guys, as always, next time.